I'm Tony Tardio. Hello and welcome to Darren Hinch's That's Life podcast. A podcast where we talk about the big stories of the past, the big stories of today, through the prism of Hinch's six decades in the media. In this episode, Darren Hinch is the leader of the Justice Party. Where did it come from? And more importantly, where is it going? What are the federal and state implications for one of Australia's newest political parties? Mr Hinch, good, Mr. To, uh, good to have you back on the, uh, the, the That's Life podcast. Now let's from the start just acknowledge we've been getting good reaction from people who've uh, been listening, but... Mm. Uh, we would welcome more, so I think it'd be a good idea if we gave out an email for people to maybe send us an email. Well, well the best one is is um, hinch at hinch.net, lowercase, obviously, hinch at hinch.net, that misses the Justice Party and all my... And that, that goes, goes straight to you on to your me, computer. Straight to me on my computer, yeah. And, and you'll see it. And yeah. uh, and I guess we'd like to get a bit of feedback and maybe some... I like responding to people. I mean, I do on Facebook a lot. On my so-called Goya walks, I put up pictures every day and uh, walk about and, and get good reaction to that. So. And, of course, if anyone's got any ideas, you know what else, too, I think we might if do? We'll have a, if they have a topic, if they yeah. talk about such and such. But if people have got questions that they would like me to ask you, mm-hmm. that's maybe we could dedicate an entire podcast to questions to Darren Hinch. There you go. So uh, I like it. Um, Why don't we do that next time? Okay. Well, let's, weeks from now, yeah. let's see if we get the question. <laughs> no, that's good. Okay. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, the Justice Party, and uh, I guess that's all about uh, law and order. Now, uh, uh, I remember uh, being on the steps of State Parliament. There would have been... You couple, were the MC, I think. Well, on one occasion I was. Another occasion I just was a, a an observer. It was a rainy day. I wore a pretty thick jacket. There were a couple of thousand people there. That's when you uh, said the name of two name repeat two, yeah. offenders and you went to jail. Um, but I want to go even back further than that. It makes sense to protect the victim because the victim's been victimised. They've been damaged. They've been hurt through no fault of their own because someone's done something to them. You've been part of changing the equation because the court system has tended to look after the rights of the offender True. more than the victim. True. When did you first sort of realise this is not right? Decades ago. Um, I've, I've said for many years, Tony, that victims get raped twice. Once by the rapist and the second time by the courts. Because often the, the, the offender gets better treatment than they do. We've had the current situation where, where if a, a victim of a person convicted of a sexual offence, he's been convicted, that person under current law in Victoria cannot name herself or himself unless they go to court first. And maybe spend ten grand, which they don't have. I mean, you are the victim of a convicted rapist, and by law in Victoria, you cannot go public and say, "Hey, that man only got two years 
for raping me, or he only got four years for sexually abusing me when I was 10 or 12. And that's the law. Now, why is that the law? Because it went through, and it went through in an omnibus bill that people didn't realise what was in it. And it will be changed. And in fairness to the state government, they're looking at it and realising it's wrong. And uh, in the next few months, I'm sure it will be changed. I think the, the police minister has already looked at it and thought, this is wrong. Now, it first started, from my memory, I was doing this a program on Sky, and uh, I interviewed this woman from Tasmania. And she'd been a teenager when she was sexually abused by her 50-year-old maths teacher. And she couldn't name herself or name him. Now, he'd been convicted, so there's no doubt about his, about his crimes. And in the end, she went to court and spent a fortune, and it took years, but she finally got the right to name herself, which sounds bizarre. Now, and I'd also, I, I, I went to New Zealand to give a speech over there about these same issues, and there's a woman there who had to go to court and spend a fortune to name herself as a victim of a sex abuser. Now, I can see there are times when, like, like, if two sisters have been abused, and I named one of these in, when I was in Parliament in the Senate, and she came and sat in the Senate Public Gallery when I did it, um, about her abuser. There are cases where if one sister has been abused and doesn't want to be named, then there are problems here, and I can, I can concede that. You know, I mean, if a victim wants to remain silent, they're entitled to. We had a... We've had cases in, uh, we're in Queensland, a uh, leader of the Labor Party sexually abused his teenage stepdaughter. Keith, Keith Wright. Keith Wright. And his name could not be used for years because by naming him would virtually name her. Well, it, 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 let's just focus on him a little bit because people might not know this story. He raped her on his office desk in the parliament. In the in the federal parliament. He was the opposition Labor leader in Queensland. Yeah. He was vying to be the premier and then he got a federal house seat and went into the federal parliament and this happened in the federal parliament. There was another guy too uh, from the Northern Territory uh, a minister in who, the who, who hit it, who killed himself. Yeah, drove he drove his it. car into a tree and killed himself because he'd been he'd been raping Aboriginal boys for years. Correct. I I can't remember his name, but he was a tubby sort of guy. Mm. Um, Darren, what what I want to get to is how the Justice Party started. started. Oh, okay. But but I think the fermentation of that was all of these cases that yeah, you obviously this, it, saw. It was all of this stuff that uh, built over the years. I mean, I, I never dreamed, Tony, that I'd ever become a politician. I mean, I'm a journalist, was, always will be. Um, attacked police for years, interviewed every, I told the other day, interviewed every... Prime Minister says Robert Menzies through to Scott Morrison. Um, what happened was that after I got out of jail the last time, uh, a guy from Channel 7 called Lewis Martin, the boss, said, what are you going to do next? What are you going to do next? And I said, I don't know. And he said, why don't you do a, why don't you do a, a justice walk? I said, well, a jail to justice march. He's a good title. So we, we, between us, we called on the phone, we called it the jail to justice walk. And I arranged to walk from 
Langi Kalkal Prison to the steps of Parliament House, which was a, nearly 200 k's, 180 kilometres, and decided I'd do it in 10 days, foolishly. Mr Martin did not come on the walk, I hasten to add. I did. And we walked, How many kilometres did you do every day? 20, 20 a day. Holy jingoes. We'd walk 10 kilometres in the morning and 10 kilometres in the afternoon. And, and you slept in a, a, a caravan you had. Well, anyway, we had a caravan. Sometimes we slept in there. Um, my partner then uh, was, a, was an ex-cop and she, uh, she drove us. We, we planned it and, uh, and Natasha did it well. We, we, we drove the whole route a few weeks before, and she would plot uh, the number of k's we had to go. And we, where and, you could stop. And, and where we could stay. And we'd stay in a motel or a, a country pub. or And it was wonderful. Some of the country pubs in Victoria are just wonderful. So we knew. I mean, we even stayed at that buddy something around the castle, that weird place. <laughs> Cryo Castle. Cryo Castle. We stayed there one night. You know, can, so, can, <laughs> can I tell you? Uh, Damien, who is helping us record yeah. this podcast, I used to go up to Ballarat quite often, and uh, Damien would be in the back seat in the bay. He was about seven or eight, and as we'd drive from Melbourne. As soon as we got to Cryle Castle, as soon as he saw it, he'd get car sick. <laughs> <laughs> At exactly the same he had spot. The spot there. So, so I know it very well. Yeah, very well. Yeah, we stay, and 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 I remember the Cryle Castle had the most comfortable beds. Of any hotel, motel you could have possibly imagined. So, so we set all that up and did all that. Um, and we did the walk, 180 k's, 10, 10, 20 k's a day, and and presented a petition on the steps of Parliament House to the government. Well, along the way, though, you were joined by... Hundreds of people. Yeah, people, yeah hundreds people of people. who had uh, some interest in the justice system. They more, had more, been... more, more than some interest, Tony. Um I was walking once in outside Ballarat with a local police chief and a couple hundred people with us. And I said, you know, there's 200 people behind us and they've all got a story to tell and none of them are good. They're all victims. You know, and he told me about how he had uh, under the, uh, the private um, sexual offenders register, he had 120 people. 126 people on his register. And he said, it's a joke. He said, if I saw three of them a day, I couldn't get to all of them in a month. No way. I've got other jobs to do as well. So that sort of led me towards the idea of maybe starting the Justice Party. And, and the anger was? Setting up a public register of convicted sex offenders. Right. That was and, it. The total reason for yeah. doing it. But, but the anger was, if I remember what you said on the steps of state parliament all those years ago was, that the justice system was allowing people, they would be, they would offend, be apprehended, go through the court system, get convicted, do their uh, time. Short time. Get, get released and then re-offend and would do this over and over mm. and over again. And, and every time there were new victims. Yeah, and, 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 and they would focus on single mothers and they'd maybe live near them and they'd offer to cut the lawn, make a barbecue. So over time, it was pretty clear the justice system is not working. No, and it's still not working. It's still not working. And the reason, look... 
let me back off back up a bit here. I I was talking to a, a guy called um, Glenn Drury, who is the known as the preference whisperer. Uh, he was very good at politics, and we had a coffee. And I said, I was thinking of starting a, a political party. And I said, oh, actually, I've registered the name. He said, what? I said, the Justice Party. He said, well, that's rubbish. You won't get elected. And I said, why? He said, well, the Justice Party, the Animal Justice Party, the Something Justice Party. You've got to call it the Darren Hinch Justice Party. And I said, no, I can't believe it. I may, be a narciss- I may be regarded as a narcissist and a bit ego-driven, but no, I don't, I'm not Pauline Hanson or Clive Palmer. I don't want to put my name on a political party. And he said, well, you won't get elected. So I came home that night and my goddaughter, um, Ellie Sullivan, I said to her, I said, hey, Ellie, you voted in 2013 for the first time in the Senate. I said, I'm not going to ask you this, but who did you vote for? And she said, well, there are about 60 names on, on, on the, the ballot paper and I didn't know anything. And I looked down, I looked down, I looked down and I finally saw the Animal Justice Party. And I thought, oh, I like animals. So I voted for them. So next day I registered the Darren Hinch's, Darren Hinch's Justice Party. Went back to, to um, Drury and said, you're right. And he said, well, look, mate, it's your name. He said, what you're known for. It's like calling Kellogg's cornflakes. Kellogg's is a brand that's trusted. People see your name on a ballot paper and they'll say, we know what he stands for. Uh, 20 kilometres a day, Darren, going back to the walk mm-hmm. you would walk. Um, eventually you got to Melbourne. You had the petition. Now that was signed by people along the way. Along the way, it? yeah. We had we we, we presented a petition with a hundred and twenty thousand names, which which grew to more than two hundred thousand names, and calling for a a national public register of convicted sex offenders. Now that's why I took to, to Canberra. That was the whole reason. In the early stages, we got a passport ban brought in. That's thanks to work I did with. Uh, Julie Bishop and Peter Dutton, and we got the passport ban that convicted sex offenders could not go overseas on these child rape holidays that they were doing. Now, Rachel Griffiths, the actress, uh, sent me a note, uh, and it was handed to me on my first speech I ever made at the press club, and it was handed to me by Michael Rowland, and it just said, hey, Darren, glad you're still alive. Um, answer me this. How come if you're a bankrupt in Australia... You can't go overseas for seven years. But if you're a convicted sex offender, you can. And I read this out in my press club speech, and I said, I don't believe this is true. I don't believe this can be true, but I'll check it out in Canberra. And I did with the, with the federal police, etc. And I found out that the year I arrived in Canberra, 800 convicted sex offenders had gone overseas that year. More than 400 had gone to... Thailand, Cambodia, the Philippines, on these child rape holidays. Well, yeah, I mean, anyone would know. They're not going there to pick pineapples or That's right, uh, yeah, and, and I've been to Phnom Penh. You see middle-aged, fat Australian men with 11-year-old girls. It's, they're not their nieces. And so we got that through Parliament. I actually sat in the House of Reps as a, as a guest, being from the Senate, and I sat in this House of Reps watching Julie Bishop announce it as an amendment to the Passport Act, 
and, and it's now law, and that's the thing I'm most proud of. And there also, the second thing was, I got a call at 7 o'clock one morning from Peter Dutton, who I know is disliked by a lot of people and, and, uh, and, and chastised by a lot of people, but he called me as an ex-cop. He said, hey, Darren, we've got to do something about the sex offender register. And we had a lot of sessions, and I got through, it's now government policy, it's not what I wanted. It's not as good, but you learn to compromise in Canberra. Um, it only applies at the moment to child sex offenders convicted, uh, and it is on, and it still has to be approved by all state uh, premiers and territory uh, chief executives. But it will get there. It will get there, and uh, hopefully, I've, I've talked to journalists in, in Britain. Hopefully, it'll be in other countries as well. Darren, what's involved in setting up a party like the Justice Party? Well, you've got to get... It's different. Um, you've got to get something like 500 um, signatures, or, or a legitimate signature of party members with their names, ages and addresses. That's got to be put in the register. The um, register. Ironically, if you're a member of parliament, you can do it without that. I mean, Cory Bernardi started his Conservative Party, Australian Conservatives, didn't need to do that. But if you're outside Parliament, you can't start a party unless you have 500 names. In some states, it's 700 names. In some states, it's 200 names. Um, and it's expensive. I mean, I, I to, to start the Justice Party, I took money out of my superannuation personally because I... And at one stage, I, without telling anybody... I remortgaged my apartment to give me some some money to get off the ground because you you need you need hundred two hundred grand. To so get so you then decided to stand yourself in the twenty sixteen election mm -hmm. uh, in the Victorian uh, you know in the Senate as a Victorian, as a Victorian senator, senator, yeah. senator, but you also got candidates in other areas. Now where did you get those candidates and? For a party like the Justice Party, you want to make sure you know all about the candidates. Well, yeah, yeah and, and we didn't. I mean, uh, in in the state election when we got in the state election, we got um, Stuart Grimley and Tanya Maxwell elected, and a third person got elected um, in Footscray, and uh, she used our photos, her photo and mine together, and my name, a Justice Party name, and. When she wasn't elected as our state party leader, um, Grimley was, uh, she said she'd throw the toys out of the pram and would quit. And so an hour before she stood up as a member of the Victorian State Party, uh, State uh, Upper House, I sacked her. Uh, she's she she's sitting her. in the Upper House as She's there speak. in the Upper House now as an independent and she's elected as, as, as a Justice Party person and... Uh, I'm very sad about it. I, I wish she'd stayed in the party, but she made it quite clear if she wasn't number one, she wasn't number two or number three. Um, so you were elected mm. um, in the federal Senate. Uh, how many candidates or how many elected officials do you have now around Australia? We're only, we've actually withdrawn only in Victoria now. Um, we found we did stand candidates in 2016 all around the country, and it's just too hard when you're a small party because it costs hundreds, sometimes thousands of dollars for, for membership uh, for um, 
uh, what do you call it? when you when you, when you um, register as, as as a candidate, and a lot of our candidates didn't have much money, and so the party paid it for those who did pay themselves. We repaid them after the election. Um, we've now withdrawn. We're only Victorian now. We have two members who will be up for re-election. I'm standing again in uh, next year or 2021, 20, 20, and uh, Tanya and, and Stuart will stand again. Um, and, and we have some lower house people stand because, and they all volunteer. Because the problem is, when you're trying to do deals with major parties on preferences and things, they'll say, well, who's standing in such and such a lower house? Who's standing here? Who's standing there? So you have to have other, other candidates as well. And we probably had oh, 10 or 12 candidates in Victoria and got two. We got three elected, which was fantastic. So the guys currently sitting in the upper house, uh, how many votes would they have needed to get into the... Victorian I, I, I don't. House. I don't know. And, and and you were elected in 2016. Yeah. You then had your term cut short, which we've already gone into. Yeah, they they, they gutted me on that. Yeah. yeah, but then then you stood again. Yeah. and you, got you did, done. You didn't make the quota, but because it was a full Senate election. Yeah, you've got well in in a half Senate election, which I got elected on in 2016. You only need about seven percent of the vote. In a full Senate election, you need about fourteen percent of the vote. Um, I fell. Very short. I lost a lot of votes in 2019, and it was partly my own fault. Well, no, to be honest, it was totally my own fault. I uh, I, I lost my conservative support uh, because I voted for Medivac. And in retrospect, which is easy, being a Monday morning quarterback, I shouldn't have done that. I should have said to the parliament and to the electorate, well, this government wants this to go go this way they're due for an election in five or six months you vote you decide whether they're right or wrong instead mine was the casting vote to put medivac through and then months later jackie lambie voted to have medivac removed uh in in retrospect i've had plenty of time to think about it and i i've been personally hurt by it because i i think i let down a lot of voters by uh by what I did, that I should have said, you guys make the decision. I'm one man, you know, uh, I'm, one, I'm one elected person. And and I'd always voted with the government on, on refugees and, and strong borders, and I felt that way. But on Medivac, I was convinced, and I, I've, I've said before on this, the silliest, smart-ass thing I probably said in Canberra in three years was I made a joke on television about the Karen and Darren show which is Karen Phelps and Darren Inch, and she was so left-wing and so green that I was suddenly perceived in Victoria as being a greenie, a tree-hugger, which has never been true and is not true. But but perception is everything, and that's what I was perceived to be, and that's I'm still wearing it. I mean, I have people now saying, you know, even on this the recent thing about the... Um, about the, the lockdown in Victoria. Uh, the state of disaster. Yeah, the state of disaster and state of emergency. Yeah. Uh, the, the two Liberal, the two Justice Party upper house members voted against Dan Andrews. Now, you wouldn't believe it if you read Twitter. I'm supposedly a Dan's man, you know. We, we, I said, what do I need to say? We voted against it. I went in print 
in the age. I went on television. I went on radio and said, we're not supporting it. I believe in the state of emergency for a few more weeks, month at a time, with up with federal with state politicians having some say about what should happen. But I did not ever uh, support Dan Andrews getting 12 more months. I mean... You've got to be held accountable. The the role of independents like uh, you or the uh, Justice Party MPs or any other a- a- MP, I mean, basically in, in Australia you've got the Labor Party, the Liberal Coalition, mm-hmm. the Greens. You used to have the Australian Democrats, mm-hmm. but they've disappeared. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one or other dominates. Now, the independents are a, a bit like a cartilage in a knee, I guess. <laughs> Um, I would argue that they're a good contribution to the political system mm. in Australia because they insert another voice, well, but, but, another but, but, view. Because, Tony, we often, especially in the federal Senate, you, 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 we get, I mean, people say, oh, you voted with the government. They don't know. We got three amendments to the government legislation before we voted for it, you know, and we fought and, and Labor voted for it because we negotiated and said... You can't go through with this as it is, you know. You've got to put these amendments in, and they're very clever amendments and legitimate ones, and I should say common sense amendments. I mean, my my joke about the Greens was always um, with Richard De Natale when he was the leader. I said, I want to make a movie about you one day, and it's called A Bridge Too Far, because we'd see what we called the Reds, right, which are the, the, the motions that are coming up in the Senate next day. And every night you'd look at them and see what they're saying. And the Greens amendments would come through. And I'd look at them early on and I'd say, the first one, yeah, that's, that's common sense. Second one, uh, I reckon we could wear that. The third one, uh, not so sure. The fourth one, you've got to be joking. And by the end of the three years, you'd go to the fourth one first because you think, this is rubbish. You know, the, 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 the Greens amendments always, in the end, were always uh, tree huggers. And uh, uh, Darren, you are still the head of the Justice Party. Yes, I am, yeah. Um, what do you intend to do to get re-elected? Uh, well, I'm, what's I'm, your yeah, plan of action? Well, I'm still, the, I mean, I'm still the, the president of the party, and uh, Stuart Grimley is our state leader, and he and Tony and I we talk every Monday as to plans for the state issues. Uh, ironically, I could never be premier of Victoria. You know why? Uh, you've been to jail. I've had criminal convictions. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, the the standard the, the restrictions in Victoria. Uh, are lower than, uh, uh, higher than federally. So I can stand for federal Senate again, which I shall, um, and I, I will next 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 year or the year after. I, I suspect that um, that he will go to a um, he'll, he'll go to the polls. Um, Morris will go to the polls about October of two thousand and twenty-one. So that's my thinking, and I'll stand again. Uh, I don't have a running mate as of yet, uh, and then my two state members will run again. In November 22. So, so how do you get to the public? How do you generate... I get out there. I, I go to shopping centres. I go around the state. I uh, I get into my, my Jayco van and I travel the state. We did 10, 12,000 kilometres last election. And we'll do that again. Just go and talk to people. Go to nursing homes. Go to schools. What do, you, what do you tell... I mean, the beard. As soon as they see the beard, they recognise <laughs> you immediately. 
you, you're probably one of the most famous faces in Victoria. In Australia, yeah, I suppose, in, yeah. In Australia. What do you tell people? I just tell them what we are, what we're about, about law and order, about tougher jail terms, about uh, how, how the, uh, the parole system is, is too weak and is wrong. I mean, you, in the old days, you may have thought when somebody commits a crime, you think, I wonder if he's out on bail. These days, as soon as you read about it, you say, I bet he was out on bail. That's what's changed in this town. And it goes back to Rob Hulse, who was the Attorney General for many years in, in, in Victoria. And I remember the day he retired, and I said, and that was years ago now, I said, 10 years from now, people will be, will be ruining the day of Rob Hulse because he appointed magistrates and judges when he was Attorney General from the Richmond Legal Service uh, and the Fitzroy Legal Service, and they were left-wingers and they will pollute your system down the track. And they have. And they have. Some of the worst crimes in Victoria in recent years have been committed by people who were out... Burke Street Massacre. ...on bail. Burke Street Massacre. I was in New Zealand the day it happened. And I remember writing a tweet saying, I hope he wasn't on bail. But if he was, and I suspect he was... All hell should break loose, and he was. And, I, and we've got other crimes that you know well about with a bit on bail. Darren, what's your what's your hope for the Justice Party and for justice in Victoria? Well, more so justice itself. Get better. This, the system should be better. I, I don't think we should have the probably the recall system for judges they have in America. But just judges, listen. Victims are more important than. Than the, the protagonists, and and that doesn't happen here. Um, the parole system is improving. I'll grant you that. That is improving now. Um, uh, it, it's more rigorous. When I was last in jail, I saw people coming back saying, "I'm not getting out," you know, which is encouraging because you you got to learn and earn to get out. But the Justice Party itself, I hope I get elected um, next time around. If I do, I'll again be the oldest elected senator in Australia. And uh, I guess if not, I'll run the state campaign and then possibly I'll retire. Well, Darren, I've known you now for uh, many years. I've followed you for 40 years. I know you're a man with your heart in the right place. And uh, if people want to inject uh, a a little bit of something else... (laughs) in the uh, Australian political system. You are the man to do it. Well, to finish up on a point, I used, people used to say, Hinch is a man of his convictions. I just wish I didn't have so many. <laughs> Talk soon.